Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Fana, a romantic thriller about a tour guide who falls in love with a blind girl. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the third in our terrorism movie series. And my favorite so far. Okay, this is one of those those movies where I'm like, I know it's not like a serious, hardcore, like super insightful movie about terrorism, but I just really like it. But if you think this is the last time I'm going to watch it, you're wrong. <laughs> of all of the movies we watch, this is the one that I could watch like most often. Oh, I could watch this constantly. Right? I love it. And you know what? It's a little embarrassing for me to say that because... <laughs> It's for, like, the same reasons that I love certain K-dramas, because I'm like, yes, this is not realistic, and it's exactly what I want. 100%. And actually, when I first started watching Bollywood movies, I was like, you know, they have the same embrace of romance and drama that Korean television shows do. They totally do. And then I realized how cynical Americans have become, especially in our media. I know. I was like, wait, what if they're not the weird ones? What if we are? I know. I was showing someone the Tumeri dance from Bang Bang with Rithik Roshan, and he was like, you know, Indian actors are just so all in. They're so sincere in their emotions and like their earnestness, and they're like so in it. American actors don't really do that usually. Not even in musicals like that. Right. There's always this self-consciousness of like, oh, we don't want to be... Gotta be cool. Yeah, we don't want to be too into it. Right. And Rithik Roshan is like way too cool for school. Mm -hmm. And yet he's like okay with staring longingly after Katrina Kaif. And unfortunately, that's kind of filtered into our culture. Maybe the culture filtered into the movies. I don't know which way it went. Yeah. But that's kind of the way American culture is, just in the way you act. You're expected to not act quite as sincere. Like, there's something embarrassing about being too sincere. Yes, you're naive and you're a a hick and a whatever. Yeah. But this movie has none of those problems. Mm Mm-mm. It stars Amir Khan and Kajal, who looks especially pretty in this movie, I think. Oh, she's so pretty in this movie. She's beautiful all the time, and the thing is, I will always love... I... I'm saying this like all of India doesn't already know this. Her smile and her joy is so infectious. Yeah. And it's amazing to watch. I remember the first time I saw her in DDLJ in that first song in the rain. I had never seen her before. I didn't even really know who she was. Yeah. And I was like, who is this? She is so amazing. I love this energy. And, of course, all of India said, yes, that is what we feel watching DDLJ also, because that was like the launch of her huge career. Yes. So, you know, target audience loved it. And you get a huge range of emotions from her in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But she is so beautiful, and she still is. Well, and I think her beauty in this movie contrasts poorly with American styling. Ooh, he looks bad in this movie. <laughs> it's honestly The second like, half is better than the first half. The second half. half is much better. The first half, he looks really bad. 
And to the point where I'm like, you're not attractive. Actually, like, if I haven't seen you in other movies, I I would be like, real down on you. uh, Yeah, actually, it's one of the unrealistic things that. Oh no, she can't see. That's right. (laughs) That's why it's not unrealistic. Okay, he's supposed to be a playboy. Oh my gosh, this is like every time a movie that Rambir Kapoor is in, and they're like, he's so handsome, and everyone in the movie is like, yeah, you're right, and I'm like, no, what? To be fair, though, you're the weird one in that situation. Basically, everyone thinks that Rambir Kapoor is attractive but you. Everyone in India seems to. I don't know that a lot of people outside of India are are like... He's not unattractive. So maybe he's like the Ryan Reynolds of Indian movies. I think that's probably what it is. Anyway, after that tangent, this is a romantic drama. And it's in the, the vein of like the big Yash Chopra romantic dramas. Yes. Where it's very heavy on the drama. Well, yes. And I would say it's like 90% romance, 10% terrorism slash yeah, so everything else. This is a movie. Terrorism is an important part of the plot. But it's not examining terrorism necessarily as much as using it as a plot device. Yeah. It's key to the drama and to the conflict. And it doesn't say nothing about terrorism. No. It's not like Dulce. Right. Exactly. Yeah, actually, um, Kajal apparently was the first choice for Dulce. That's good. Which makes sense. 98 with Shah Rukh Khan. Right. I think she was the first choice for literally everything he was in at that point. I'm sure. I'm sure. With good cause, as we can see in this movie. Yeah. Also, her dad was Rishi Kapoor, who I like, and... Her mom was Kiran Kerr, who is Anupam Kerr's wife. And speaking of terrorism, we also saw her as a terrorist wife in Kurban. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. She's in a bunch of stuff. She plays moms. She, she, there's a reason that she's married to Anupam Kerr. They should have a great marriage. <laughs> they both play moms and dads and have for decades. So. Got it down. Yeah. I can't imagine what their own children's lives were like. Um, perfect. If anything that we see on screen is to be believed. Yeah. This movie also has Taboo in it, who is, I mean, if not my favorite, one of my favorite Bollywood actresses. Oh my goodness. I love her. I will watch anything she's in. I know. And speaking of witches, she is still so beautiful. And she she's is. like almost 50 now. I know. And it's funny because you can tell that she's almost 50, but like not in a bad way. Yeah. Just like in a mature way. Exactly. She's awesome. Same with Kajal. This movie is not a movie that I would strongly recommend for her. I feel like it's like early days of her being the tough, no-nonsense cop. But like it's just that the role itself there's nothing special about the role itself, and it's not a role that I buy necessarily. Not her performance, just like the role itself is weird. It's weird how much they made it seem like she would be in the movie and then she wasn't. Yeah. And they made a big deal out of who she was. And not not taboo, but like they made a big deal out of the how good this cop was and all this stuff. And then like, yeah, she's kind of in it, but not really. Yeah, she's not that crucial to a lot of the plot. Because, again, it's 90% romance. So she's got to fit into the 10% terrorism plot. (laughs) Exactly. 
And I love seeing Taboo. Always glad when she gets a paycheck. But, like, not one of her standout roles. Just makes me happy to see her. Exactly. Same. This movie is basically what we described. I mean, there's a blind girl played by Kajal who I guess is, like, out of high school age? I think so. She lives in a beautiful house in Kashmir. Her house... I'll take it. To be fair, literally every house I've seen in Kashmir is beautiful. I know, same. This is, that's actually why I thought they were in Kashmir. I was like, look at that house. <laughs> there must be slums in Kashmir, but I've never seen them in film. Yeah, so. they're not interested in showing us those. Yes. And she has a wonderful family. Her parents love her and take care of her and all that. She's part of a dancing group, and mm-hmm. it's with this dancing group. They're going to go to the big city of Delhi and perform for an Independence Day ceremony. They go to Delhi where they are shepherded around the city by none other than American tour guide. Dreamboat with, with disgusting hair, long hair. Hair way too long and it that just, made him look like ten years older than he was. Didn't it? And it it just made it, it somehow it highlighted his face. And here's the thing about American. He gets by on personality. He gets by on the force of his charisma and his acting. And like, for me, it's not that he's unattractive because I do think that he's attractive, but I don't think that I would think that just looking at movie posters. He's not classically handsome. The reason he's a leading man is not because of his face. Right. Like you have to have seen him in stuff to be like, Oh, I get the appeal. Right. Yes. He I has like charisma him. and intensity. Yes. He oh has neither so in the intensity. first half of this movie. Exactly. Some of it starts showing up at a certain point. It starts a little bit, but yeah, he needs to be in the right part, and he needs to be styled right, because it can go bad so easy for him. Right, so like, it would be best if this was not the first Amir Khan movie you saw. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Because you won't like him. I mean, you'll like him if you make it to the end of the movie, but I don't know that you would like him after just seeing the first half, because he doesn't have a lot of charisma. And this is, unfortunately, for this part, especially, again, in the first half, the way that Indians want their romantic leads to behave Mm -hmm. is very different. Especially early 2000s. Exactly. 1990s, early 2000s, like, it's very different than the way Americans want their romantic heroes to behave. Even if they're just supposed to be, like, light and charming and funny, there's just cultural differences that make it a little bit of a tough sell sometimes. They feel obnoxious more than anything else. And, like, they're... Yeah. This guy is a million times less obnoxious than Shah Rukh Khan and DDLJ, to be fair. (laughs) Or in Dulce, also... How dare you? I don't think he was that obnoxious. In <laughs> he wasn't play. that obnoxious, but like, I guess, I guess I'm just thinking of his tenacity oh, in Dilse yeah. more than, more than like being kind of. No, you're right. This guy had no tenacity because he's a playboy. He doesn't, you yeah, know, exactly. settle down. I saw Laura, Laura Dutt. And yeah. I can't imagine why they paid her to be on screen for 30 seconds. <laughs> it was an afternoon out of her life. <laughs> she just wanted to work with America. I mean. Yeah, so they do a lot of flirting through poetry, which I think is I think is actually pretty charming because poetry is such an important part of that region's culture. It is. It would feel here I would be like you guys are in high school and I don't want to see you for 10 years. 
And yeah, it would, be, it would be obnoxious for Americans to do that. Yeah, but I felt like in India, it felt really uh, nice. Yeah, because Middle Easterners just seem to really love poetry a lot. They also have a lot more of it, going back a lot farther. Yeah, they value it more, yeah. so they have more of it. Yeah, exactly. So, that was pretty charming. Yeah. But, honestly... I really don't know why Zuni, who is Kajal's character, falls in love with Rehan because it, okay, that's a lie. I do know why Zuni falls in love with Rehan. She falls in love with him because this is the first guy who is relatively charming and who has sh- probably shown a lot of interest in her romantically. Absolutely, yes. And I know why Rehan is into Zuni at first because she is super hot. Mm-hmm. It's not a relationship that you see going forward where you're like, why do you guys think that this is going to last? You barely know each other. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's an intangible something between them that only the two of them can feel, I think. Totally. And and by the end, I believe that they care about each other. Yes, very much so. And by the middle, I was like, oh, I like you guys together. I think I think you'll be together forever because I that's where I am in this love story now. I've bought in. Right. But especially at first, you're like, uh, okay. It's To me, what was weirdest was Rehan coming on to Zuni so hard because Zuni is obviously quite naive and innocent. Mm-hmm. And so it seems to me that even for someone who's a playboy, you're just asking for trouble if someone like that falls in love with you. And it's funny because we are, like, long-term, we're supposed to be taking that as evidence that that was, like, true love. And I think that he was, like, pretty instantly in love with her. But it doesn't really make sense with who he actually is later in the film. Yeah, because you really don't see him falling in love with her until, like, several dates in. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of showing kind of, like, the moment when he fell in love with her. Mm Mm-hmm. That... Was good. It was up to that point where I'm like, why are you messing around with her? I know. It was weird. But, you know. Yeah. I guess he was bored. Gotta fill the day somehow. Honestly. There's only so many tourist spots in Delhi that you can show people. Yeah. And in case you're wondering how blind people are treated in this movie, in this is a particular instance of blind people being able to do barely anything on their own. So, if that's something you're interested in... This is not a movie that's showing blind people as being very strong and independent. Mm-mm. Unlike the Rithik Roshan movie, Kabil. <laughs> they can murder people too, okay? So anyway, they fall in love and spend a night together. Oh, they sure did. They're planning on getting married. Right. Well, well, not actually when they spend the night together. I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, that was no strings attached. I'll never see you again. Which is very risque. And no kidding. Uh, but then they're like, oh, okay, no, Rehan's like, oh, no, I can't let you go, actually. Also, I'm going to pay for you to get your eyes fixed. I was so impressed by the Indian medical system in this movie, not because they are able to fix her eyes, whatever's causing the blindness, that I didn't care about. What I was impressed by is the fact that they were able to schedule the surgery the so next fast. day. So <laughs> fast. After she got diagnosed. Especially because what they were talking about requires a transplant. <laughs> like, you need an, another piece of eye for oh, that. I mean, they just, presumably they just have eyes lying There's around. so many lying jars. around. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, whatever it is, they actually did a great job. Um, These are those things sometimes where Bollywood movies move so quickly in their timeline, and you're just like, you couldn't have given it a couple weeks? Mm-mm. No, because her parents are coming to Delhi to see this guy who, by the way, if you guys ever wondered what a traditional Indian family looks like, don't look here. These parents sent their daughter <laughs> off and said, well, we hope you find someone. We're not going to try to set you up with anyone because we believe in 100% love match. She calls up and is like, there's a tour guide named Rehan. I don't even know his last name. <laughs> but I met him like four days ago. <laughs> and they didn't ask what his last name was, where he was from, who his parents were, or what he did. And they said, great, you should marry that guy. We'll be there soon. Yeah, we'll be there soon to arrange it for you. Yeah. <laughs> that was really like, and it's funny because I'm not Indian. So in the moment, I was like, oh, they're weirdly supportive. And then looking back, I was like, hang on. That's insane. That's more supportive than American parents would be. It is. Like, even for me, I was like, this is weird. And then I was like, hang on. In India, it's very weird. <laughs> But you know what? Nothing can stand in the way of true love. Nothing. Except for an unexpected terrorist attack. Terrorism always gets in the way. So while she's getting her surgery, Rehan's off running an errand at a place that winds up being the site of a terrorist bombing. Mm Mm-hmm. His effects are found in the rubble, and Mm -hmm. he's declared dead. But he's left something behind for good old Zuni. Mm-hmm. Have fun being a single mother in countryside Kashmir. With just your dad. Doesn't matter, though, because your parents are super supportive, so her I life know. is great as a single mother. It really seems like it. Yes. The second half of the movie, we jump forward several years in time to see what happens to her. The thing is, I would say that this is a beginner movie, but, like, I really feel like it shouldn't be your first American movie. No, it shouldn't be that. And I also don't know. It feels like a beginner movie because it's so simple and it's so it's like such a basic love story on so many levels. But it also has so many like plot holes and (laughs) contrivances that it actually may not be a beginner movie because you have to be in that mindset of being willing to suspend your disbelief to the point that like classic Bollywood movies require you to. So I guess we should say that it's an intermediate movie unless you've seen a lot of K-dramas. Exactly. And And then then it's a beginner movie. Then you're You're good to go. Yeah. Or you, like, just love love stories. Yeah. If you're a big fan of romance movies. Exactly. If, like, A Walk to Remember is your jam, this movie is Then you'll be fine. You should watch this. <laughs> yeah. I would say that this movie is probably going to be, like, it would probably be rated PG-13 here. There is, like, I mean, she gets pregnant, but you don't really see anything. It's, like, you know, under yeah. the covers kind of romance. Yeah. And other than that, it's just a lot of, like, heightened drama, but not, like, drama that's so realistic that it would actually concern... A child watching. Yeah, and there are people getting killed, but it's nothing really gory. Yeah. So, PG-13, probably. Yeah. Oh, and it does have several musical numbers. It does. So, again, like, super classic Bollywood romance. Like, if Mm -hmm. you want to know something that feels like a really typical Bollywood movie, this would be a great movie for you to watch. Yeah. Because it's got the singing and dancing, it's got the insane amounts of melodrama, it's got the big stars, it's mm-hmm. got the romance, and it's got a wonderful unconcern for the realities of life. Exactly. And all of those things combined, to me, just equal Bollywood magic. That's Bollywood. Yeah. That's what I love. I 
there is other stuff in Bollywood. I don't like it as much as I like this. Right. So that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. Okay, so there is a character that we have not talked about in the non-spoiler section. Mm-hmm. And that is Jolly Good Singh. I know. Because I need to have a conversation about Jolly Good Singh and Rehan. And here's the deal. When Rehan is, even, the, like, toward the end of the movie, so, like, Rehan is, he's alive, he's a terrorist, he's the one that did the bombings, and then he escaped to go off and do more terrorist things until he is reunited by destiny seven years later or however long with mm-hmm. Kajol and his son, Rayhan Jr. And we get a bit of a redemption arc, right? Or it's supposed to be a redemption arc for Rayhan. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Jolly Good Singh is still dead. He was still shot in the head by Rayhan. Not like killed in the explosion. Shot point blank by yeah, Rayhan. I know. I know. I I really can't get over that fact. I I don't like that no one ever brought it up to him. I don't like that Kajal wasn't, like, upset that Jolly Good Singh was dead. I realize there wasn't any moment for it, really, in the Well, I assume that she didn't know, like, the nitty-gritty details of the terrorist attack. I mean, you would have had to assume, I think. Okay, she may have assumed that he died in the explosion, but he probably wouldn't have assumed that... Rayhan shot him, but then before the like deliberately shot him before the explosion. This is the guy that got him tickets into his girlfriend's show. I know, but then when she found out that Rayhan was a terrorist, she should have said, "How dare you? You killed Jolly Good Singh." Yeah, and a bunch of other people. I mean, sure, <laughs> <laughs> they all pale in comparison to Jolly Good. Exactly, who didn't deserve any of this. No. He was by far the best, noblest, most wonderful character of this movie. It's true. So, yeah. So, Rayhan is a terrorist. And this is, again, I mean, I love it. Like, it's great. It's great for drama. We do start getting some conflict. Like, because before this, even when he's left Zuni behind. Mm-hmm. And he's in the airport with another terrible haircut and styling decision. Way too short this time. But also, like, some really atrocious glasses. They were not right for his face. He is able to just turn on, like, cold terrorists. Like, Mm -hmm. it's no big deal. And even when he is trying to get the nuclear bomb detonator... Trigger. Whatever it is. Trigger. When he's trying to get the MacGuffin to the terrorists... How dare you? (laughs) He is still hardened terrorist. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I feel like this is the reason Amir Khan chose the role, right? Because he's a, he wants to act, right? He's oh, a serious actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really feel like he chose this role because of the second half, where he got to play, like, the hardened criminal that's only very, very slowly melting toward his family. 
Yes. Because one of the great things about this movie is that it's not like he sees Zuni and his son in the house and it's like, oh, all my emotions have come back to me. And if only I could live a happy, simple family life here with you. The love of my life. That is not the case. He shows up and he's like, I gotta go. Like, I'm sorry, is there a snowstorm outside? Is there like any way I can contact people? He's like, I just got to get out of here as fast as possible. Yeah, it. I really like how slow that was and how he was fighting it. And I mean, the second half of the movie and the way that he is also makes it clear, even before they're super explicit, at, like right at the very end, that he has been brainwashed from such a young age by his grandfather that his value system is so messed up Yeah, that this is what it takes to to undo that. Right. And even then it doesn't work all the way. Like he still. Right. He doesn't repent of his actions because he realized how wrong they were. He repented of his actions because he realized they were interfering in his ability to have a happy ever after life with Zuni. Exactly. Which is also quite realistic. I think for a I lot of so. these people, it's not like they just wake up one day. Be that. It would yeah. not be an instant. Like I was wrong. Terrorism is wrong. Our the cause, cause was is wrong or whatever. Maybe the cause isn't wrong, but this isn't how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. They basically try and take religion out of it. The, he's not a Pakistani terrorist. Mm-mm. He is an independent Kashmiri terrorist. Yes. He wants Kashmir to be its own state. He wants Pakistan and India to both leave. This is not something that Zuni's family seems to have a lot of opinions on. So it's not like they are intellectually at odds. Obviously, Zuni and her family don't have a problem with India because they go for her to participate in the India Day celebration. Yeah. Like, the big musical number is all about India and how awesome it is. But at the same time, they don't seem to be, like, they never have them saying things that make it seem like they would not want Kashmir to be separate if that's just the way it was. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not very politically minded. Exactly. Yeah. It seems, Rishi Kapoor mentions at one, Zulfi, mentions at one point, like, oh, it seems like you're, you're into these guys. You, you, you like what they do. But it's just because he was like, oh no. Right. <laughs> I think you're a terrorist. So I think in a lot of ways, Zuni and her family are just meant to be the average Kashmiri. Where yeah. stuff happens, but they're, they're like, Trying to live their lives. Yeah, they're just peaceful people trying to live their lives. Yeah. Um, and actually, what's one of the things that's interesting about this movie is they actually couldn't film in Kashmir because at the time the terrorism was so bad. They actually mm-hmm. had to film in southern Poland. I saw that. Yeah, early 2000s. That does not surprise me. So, again, a very real problem that this movie is about. Yeah. I do like what they did with his character as a terrorist, and mm-hmm. I really love the fact that he somehow thinks that his grandfather is ever going to let him go. Can you imagine? He's like, I just have to give them this, and then it'll be over. And you're like, no, why do you think that? Right. I'm like, I guess he thinks that he can then run away where his grandfather can't find him, because his grandfather's never going to let him go. No, and also, Zuni knows what you did now. Zuni can't be with you now in the yes. same way that, like, you wanted. Like, Zuni, right. She was willing to forgive you when she thought you just left her for... 
The army or whatever. Right. Your yeah. duty. Whatever this unspecified duty was. But, like, she's not going to be into ter- a terrorist. Yeah. And if... The, if some Especially situation... not now that you killed her dad. I know it was an accident, but, like... And then lied about it. Come on. Right. You're not getting it back. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm generally not a fan of unhappy romance endings. Um, because I don't like the angst level at the end. But, or, like, the angst level I've been dragged through without the catharsis of them being together at the end. Yeah. But I really actually like it in this movie. I feel like it was okay because they were together for a while. They also they earned did, it. They yeah. earned the unhappy ending. They because did. this couple was impossible. There is nothing, like, the whole movie would have had to be him atoning for his sins and trying to convince her that he was a changed man. And, like, her working through the problems of him having been a terrorist and, and like, then, killing her father by accident. Right. And then, like, that's not even the ending I want for them to be together. Like, at that point, just have everyone die anyway. Exactly. I would rather see that. Having him die in kind of self self-sacrificial way, in the sense of, I can't turn myself over, but, like, I can't. Like, I'm willing to let... I'm willing to be killed in order to end this. Like, yeah. That was a way better ending, I think, than a happy ending would have been. Because this yeah. was such an impossible romance. And he, he's a victim, too. Like, again, he was radicalized by his horrible grandfather from his childhood. Right. And that's what happens with a lot of these terrorists. Yeah. Is that they get radicalized from a really young age. And this is all they... You know, they live and breathe, and, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. But I do really like that he was never strong enough to break free entirely of that. Mm -hmm. And I do like that he was never able to see that maybe the path that he'd chosen of terrorism or that had been thrust upon him was not the right path. I just love so many of the decisions they made with his character that were surprisingly realistic for what type of movie this was. Yeah. And I love also that Zuni doesn't give him a pass. I know. Zuni is not willing to cover up for him just because she loves him. Mm-mm. And Zuni's not willing to forgive him of anything just because she loves him. Yeah, and I I love that she was like, I have one Rayhan, and that's my son. And it honestly, it's the end of the movie more than the beginning. I mean, you have to have the beginning to set up the romance, but like, it's the end of the movie that really is the selling point of the whole thing. Yes. Oh, although I do want to say I love that they had the super macho, terrible army guy make the absolute worst choice, which as I, as he was saying it, I was like, what? That's the worst thing you could do. And he's like, okay, let's move all of the triggers to somewhere else. And I was like, oh, so they're easier to steal when they're en route. Good idea. But also to move them all to the same location. That's, I know, I know. That's also a terrible idea. Like, no, what you do is you break them into pieces and then you move the pieces into separate locations. Like, have you never seen a movie before? This guy? No. Make it harder to steal. He was probably, he probably looked at a movie and he was like, there was probably a woman on set. I can't (laughs) watch this. Yeah, I was like, you, you're not thinking right. You need to make it harder to steal by making it, like, making them have to steal more pieces. That's the way this goes. Exactly. And then they have to get a team of unlikely thieves together to form one band. Yes. Yes. So this is just a lesson. Don't let yourself be so distracted trying to one-up the taboos of this world that you make the wrong decisions. Next up, we're going back to serious stuff, sadly. But we do get to look at John Abraham's delightful face. Nice. In Madras Cafe. And that movie is available on Netflix and to rent on YouTube. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, 
go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com. 